Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Tuesday, February the 21st, 2017. We are back here in the Sportique studios. Ryan Green across the table from me. Yes. Uh, Do, doing good is things. It, is it right to left for the listeners? Like, uh, I don't know. It should be right. in stereo. Very, if it's not in stereo, we have a problem. Also joining us in studio, we are very excited to have this guy here with us. Not just with us on the show, but with us over at 5280 SN, our brand new columnist. Really, I think the editorial voice of the site and of the company, which is a great thing to have, Derek Kessinger, uh, joins us here in, in studio. Thanks for having me. You have too high of an opinion, I think, but I'll take it. Well, why do you think I, I, brought, I hunted you down and said, come do this thing with us? For... It was scary. He was outside of my house a couple nights, just sitting there in the car. With a boombox over my head. <laughs> Does that mean I need to go low on opinion? Like, yeah. I don't okay, know. Right. <laughs> you, you, do do you. you do you, boo. Uh, hey, before we dive in, I do, of course, have to thank our friends at Sportique. We record every single show here in the Sportique studio. And Derek, you came in here for the first time. Yeah. Right? And you're downstairs, and you see that beautiful showroom full of all those shiny scooters. What was your first thought? I thought, that's a lot of scooters, and if I was going to get a scooter, this is where I'd want to yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Do, that's they, how. do they have a bar downstairs? That's the only thing that they need. I think like, it, I would spend all summer know, here. If I know the guy who runs this place, I think it becomes a bar <laughs> at a certain hour. <laughs> like, uh, but hey, no, Sportique Scooters located at 160 South Broadway, right near downtown denver it is really your go-to score uh, store to live the scoot life they offer tons of great scooter inventory in a beautiful showroom get a genuine buddy 50 cc international for less than three thousand or a vespa gt 300 cc for less than eight thousand or if you need uh, some maintenance done on a scooter you already own the team at sportique they're going to take great care of you we record our podcast up here as you've heard every single week and every single week guys i'm just impressed by how accommodating they are. I see them work with customers, not just Colin at the top, but everybody here on the team does a great job. So if you're looking for a scooter, Sportique is the place to go. Come on down to 160 South Broadway or give them a call at 303-477-8614. That's 303-477-8614 or visit them online at SportiqueScooters.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-U-E Scooters. Sportique is the best place in Colorado for scooter sales, service parts, and accessories. Be sure to tell them that Jake sent you. It's Sportique Scooters, where scooters come from. That's exciting. I like Here? doing that. Here, yeah, it's where scooters come from. Check right. it out. All right, guys, this is the Broncos Blitz. Uh, we actually have some Broncos stuff to talk about today, and I'm glad that this is the one that we decided to bring Derek in on, because Derek's first regular piece that he wrote with us it was more on Joe Tumpkin, I think, in the C in the CU situation that's going on there, which you can hear about on the No Bull Just Buffs podcast with Matt Smith. But you also t- connected it to to Vance Joseph, and you connected it to the ongoing issues that are kind of there with mm-hmm. Vance. And we've talked about him a little bit on this show. I don't think we all have to go over it again and re relitigate it. Um, but it came up again in my mind this week, and it's not so much a question of Vance Joseph, it's a question of overall organizational character, right? Because we get the TMZ story that comes out, what was it, yesterday, about Emmanuel Sanders running around, his wife, his estranged, soon-to-be ex-wife, saying that he was running around, off-cheating, doing all sorts of things, and uh, not exactly things you'd want your your multi-million dollar receiver to be doing, especially after you just signed into a new contract. What was your first reaction, Derek, when you heard that? I mean, I, for me, I'm just, we'll get into it more, but I was not surprised. And I'll tell you why in a second, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I think my first thought was really Emmanuel Sanders is supposed to be one of the two leaders on the offense. And whether it's true or not, if it's a Broncos story, that means that everyone will be talking about it for the next week to however long it keeps coming up. And I think that that, that alone makes it a story. Um, the other thing that I thought was how much does this actually matter or affect the team? The one thing is if he lied to the team about what he was doing, that doesn't look good at yeah. all. But the fact that an athlete is off chasing girls and drinking and partying was not surprising to me. So Ryan and I were there just about every day. I mm-hmm. was there every day. Ryan missed a couple of days here yeah. or there because he has an actual job <laughs> and things he has to do. Um, not that this is no, this is actual work. Uh, but he actually has stuff he had to, he had to go do with CBS4 and all that good stuff. But I'm there every single day, right? And when you're in the locker room, you you hear things. Yeah. You see things. And I firmly believe that what happens in the room should stay in the room. So I'm not going to dive in too deep into what you hear and what you see. But I'll just say that when the TMZ story came out, I was not particularly surprised. Uh, based on things that, not just things that I've heard, but things I've heard on the record from other people. Uh, just about Emmanuel and who, who the guy is. I, I'm not saying he's a bad dude. Because... The limited one-on-one interactions I've had with him, what? Not a bad hombre. He's not a bad, he's not a bad, he's tremendous, he's fabulous. (laughs) He's not a bad hombre, he's tremendous. The limited interactions interactions I've had with Emmanuel Sanders have been good. I mean, he's a reasonably smart, nice guy, uh, gave us time, except except when he got paid, and Ryan, I don't know if you noticed it too, but when he got paid, something changed in his demeanor and his attitude. At the end of the season, it's on the record, he stopped talking to reporters after games at the end of the season. That was something he never done. Like last year, he was a... I talked to guys who were on that the beat, who've been on the beat for a, longer than I have, but he was a go-to source, not just for on-the-record information, but off-the-record stuff, too, about what was going on with the team. And that changed. Uh, it changed probably for the worse um, this season in a big, bad way. I mean, Ryan, you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I, I don't know... I won't pin it necessarily on his getting paid. I think... And I'm not either. I'm just right. saying that's when I noticed the change. Yeah, I think most NFL players, especially when they're kind of emerging as a star, and then a few later, a few years later when they are a star, they're just kind of done with the media, you know? Especially especially this year. I, I noticed a lot of Broncos weren't having as much fun because they weren't winning as many games. They weren't yeah. in the playoffs, all that stuff. So, it was a lot harder to get a quote. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. uh, I... It, uh, was Emmanuel a little more open, a little more willing to talk to the media a few years ago? I would say yes. Uh, I am not going to say it's it's a, a, a personality change or a character change. I just think this, it may have been exposure to that type of fame that he is maybe getting sick of. But I will say he's kind of bringing it on I, himself. I think you got a pump. But here, here's the thing I heard all day. Well, why does it matter as long as he goes out and makes plays on the football field? And Derek, I'm sure you can speak to this. I think it absolutely does matter because it speaks to a guy's character. It speaks to what influence he has in the locker room. And it speaks if the guy, like you said, lied to the team about practices. And, and here's that story. He was, believe it or not, I thought our pal Brandon Pernan did a good job documenting this in his weird way. Um, so then this is the truth. So he missed practice November the 21st. He left because the baby was supposedly right on the way. It was going to come. Right. Um, it did not come, and he was back in practice the next day. I talked with him 
that day, just real briefly, just said, hey, what's going on? How, how's everything going? He said, oh, you know, there's some, there's some issues, and we went down there and took care of it. So I, I don't know if I was the only one, but I was under the impression during that two-week period that his wife was in the hospital, like on an everyday basis. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I didn't, I mean, I obviously didn't look into it because it's none of my friggin' business, but I'm curious now if someone does decide to look into that and figure out exactly what reason he would have had to be in Houston at that at that point, because the baby wasn't born for another two weeks. Right. Well, it, I mean, uh, Perna made a, a point in his video where, you know, it could have been a, uh, a false alarm. You know, that happens in pregnancies where you think the baby's coming and then it turns out, no, it was just... Uh, just some indigestion. Um, but you're, you're right. This all really, it all hinges. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know how involved personal life has to be with the team and the organization, but it will all come down to, did he lie about why he wasn't there? And if his, um, ex-wife now said that he was out partying, that's something that the Broncos will probably want to look into because then it's like, all right, well, is is all these dentist appointments he's going to really dentist appointments, all that type of stuff? Because you lose, you're right, in. you lose trust in it. You lose trust, right? Well, and I think that the other thing is just what does this leave him as a leader in the locker room? Like, is he a person that you're supposed to trust? Is he someone that's going to keep coming out and saying, I, I need to get receptions, I need to worry about my yeah. numbers? Because if he wants to be that guy, it needs to change. And I think that this was a story that was overlooked a little bit. The fact that Simeon became a captain over Sanders, given that he'd been on the team, he'd been on the two Super Bowls, you know, all of that, it wasn't a big story at the time, but it also had something to do with both the players and the coaches having more trust in Simeon than they did in Sanders. Then when a couple of years ago, you would have said he was one of the people that you thought would be a leader on this team. And that's sort of gone away over the past couple of years. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that you raised, and I think that speaks to his teammates' perceptions of him, right? Like, if you go around and you ask everybody in that locker room about Emmanuel, I think you're going to get a lot of different answers. Some guys really like him. Um, other guys, not big fans of him. Like, wasn't it Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel? They that got, got in a fight. They got in a huge training camp yeah, fight. Yeah, it wasn't like, just shoving. Like, that was a brawl. Like, we were there. Like, the, fists were Like, thrown. fists came out. Yeah. Helmets got thrown off. Benches cleared, like that was. They were talking, like even like, and that was what after two the weeks drills, of, yeah, yeah. And then you asked, I asked Chris after practice, "Are you and Emmanuel okay?" And he gave me a very curt, "Yeah, we good." <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. Well, um, you think about just football in general, and the two positions that usually have the most ego are the wide receivers, and then that secondary, and those two going at it. And I think that that does affect the way that the locker rooms run, and it will be interesting to see how that changes this year. Who really takes control of that offense? As we've heard, you know, the problems between the defense and the offense, who brings that together and who's going to step up and say, this isn't okay, whether it's just the way they interact with people or whether it's what you're doing in your personal time. I mean, Von Miller, a few years ago, this story wouldn't be surprising at all. No. That's and true. he's at least reined this in a lot. And I think that that, you know, is something that there needs to be leadership to step up no matter what's going we've on. We've talked on this show, Derek, about the need for Von Miller to step into a leadership role. And he wasn't named a captain either at any point last That's season. True. Uh, and that was something that, that surprised me at a certain point, especially when they redid the captains in the second half of the mm -hmm. year. But I think Vaughn and Emmanuel are in a lot of ways thought of in kind of similar fashions. Vaughn, I think, is maybe a little more well-respected in the room just because of what a freaking unbelievable player he is. But there are certainly players in the locker room who look at Emmanuel in a similar way. A guy who is a g good, in Vaughn's case, great, kind of Hall of Fame, outstanding caliber player, Emmanuel, not quite that guy, but a good player, uh, who, you know, is just that. 
he's just a good player. He's not necessarily a guy you want to rely on. And there's a question of authenticity there. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to is, and I'll give credit where credit is due over to Darren McKee, DMAC over at the fan, who, yeah. what, two months ago? He was talking ago, about this a while ago. Was the first one to kind of broach this issue. And at the time, I didn't want to say anything. But if you've heard him describe things like the putting a reporter on probation and all the stuff that he's put mm-hmm. out over the years, so that it's already out there. I'm not the one putting it out. Uh, but it, it's out there. And it's true. All that happened. Uh, and it speaks, I think, to the character of a guy who fans have to kind of reconcile now. Is that a guy that, I, that I'm that i okay rooting for? Like, Or do you care? I mean, should, should you care as a fan? Well, I think that's one of the bigger factors is that I think he's well-liked among the fan base. Uh, Maybe he's the most popular guy on the team. I, I could put him up there, especially if you just see him on Twitter. I mean, I think a lot of fans just love, especially when they compare him to Demarius Thomas, a lot of them have said, I would rather have Sanders, you know, will to win and go after any ball rather than Demarius Thomas's, you know, talent and drops. But, uh, you know, this is... It'll be interesting to see if the fans' opinion of him changes. It'll be interesting to see if the fans' opinion of him makes the team handle this differently because they know he, um, you know, makes them money with jersey sales and all that stuff. So this, um, again, I, it's not over yet. I think this could drag out all off season, depending on how long they want to look into it. But uh, yeah, there's there's layers to this, and it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. And I haven't been in the locker room like you guys, but a, a couple months ago I started hearing this idea that maybe the Broncos, if they had to make a choice of who they would cut or trade, would trade Sanders over Thomas. And the perception outside yeah. of the Broncos, yeah. that's not true at all. It would be right. the other way around. And I think that that's a big issue, that it, it would be bad for PR, and this may be something that could explain that down the road, where if the Broncos decided they needed to let Sanders go, this would be a good jumping off point. I've said for a long time, I mean, for me, just on the field even, Demarius Thomas is the better player just because he can do more. He's a right. he's more of a unique physical specimen. Like, Emmanuel Sanders is kind of a small guy who's fast and has long arms like and pretty good hands. That's that's Emmanuel's game, and he's quick too, but he's not, he's not willing to play the slot. He wants to be the outside. Right. He's a diva. I mean, he admitted he's a mm-hmm. diva. Uh, and and we, can, we can talk all day about, about who Emmanuel is and, and what his his role is, but I think you, you raise a, a good point there. And I wonder, Derek, as somebody who, who follows sports and who knows about fans, cause that's the, the trick is the perception versus the reality. And should fans care if, if a guy is a, is an a-hole off the field, like Ter- Ter- uh, Terrell Owens is being kept out of the hall of fame specifically because he was an a-hole off the field. Yeah, but at the same time, Odell Beckham Jr. is still probably one of the most talked about, you know, players yeah, in the game. Yeah, yeah. It goes both ways. I think, I think fans, if they think that players aren't doing stuff like this, are just being naive. And I mean, everyone who's anywhere around sports or even like is downtown knows stories about players doing things coming into that, bars. And, yeah, <laughs> and you know, you know which bars they're going to and all of those things. Yeah. So I think from that perspective. I don't think it's a big deal, but I think we also have to go back to how does this relate to the Vance Joseph issue that I was worried about yeah, yeah, yeah. and sort of the team leadership. The thing that I wish Joseph would have done was face the media in a real way around that issue and say, like, things are screwed up. This happens sometimes. How do we at least show that we're willing to talk about it, even if I can't say anything because I'm, you know, the investigation and all of that and legal issues, I can't say anything, but I can 
at least face the music. And the Broncos knew about this, and they could have put this out there before the hiring press conference, and they didn't. I just think that it's more about the accountability. And with the Broncos being the biggest story in Colorado any day of the week, I think that it shows that maybe they're not going to be transparent in that ways in that way. And I think fans a lot of times think the Broncos are pretty transparent, at least under Kubiak. That's 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 the rub right Mm -hmm. there. Right. Is how do fans hold the organization accountable when they make mistakes? And and that's the responsibility of people like us who uh, have the ability to hold them accountable through through writing, through this show, through what have you uh, to, to make sure that. You're right. You're right. Vance Joseph is not adequately adequately answered for what happened. The Broncos gave him one interview to Nikki ja- uh, Nikki Javala with the Post. Nikki is fantastic. Don't get me wrong; yeah. she's great, and she did a good job with what she was given. But he, they did not. He didn't take questions. He was the only person at the coordinators' press conference who did not take questions. That was intentional, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. So the first time he, the next time he actually sits there and answers questions from the media, won't be until. Uh, the draft at the earliest, potentially as long as uh, as the day before training camp opens or, or mini camps. Um, so this could be a month before we hear from the guy. And by then, the story will be probably forgotten, like most of these kind of stories are, which is a certainly a, a disappointing thing. I think that's what the Broncos are kind of hoping. It, yeah. The thing about the Joseph incident is that it was 15 years ago so the broncos have time it you know there's not i don't know if there's going to be anything new unless some you know investigation unless somebody else comes forward exactly um or you know some reporter finds some you know sheets that you know in in public records or whatever but yeah um that's what i think the broncos hope for they say you know what this is the off season let's just sit on it uh they obviously they know he's going to be asked at some point yeah um but i think at the point at this moment the smart thing would be to just kind of let other sports, let other stories take place. And so it's not, Oh, did you know you hired a coach that did this? And I think that's, that's the big issue here is that, did you know this before hiring him? I think is the big issue with most of us. Well, and it's a big risk for the Broncos because is the Sanders thing, the biggest problem they're going to have in the off season, the odds of are against them. And if it's something in this realm at all, every story is going to mention this Joseph thing. And so it could become a much bigger deal because there are going to be two quotes on this whole issue from Joseph. And if, something happened where this gets brought up because a player does something like then it becomes a really big issue. So the Broncos are definitely hedging their bets here. Patrick Smythe has a hard job. Uh, I feel, I feel, I mean, it's, it's a tough balancing act. I think they just wanted to hire a football coach right? and they wound up getting a whole lot more. So (laughs) let's, let's move on. Talk a little bit of football before we get out of here. Uh, Broncos right now, we've kind of talked about it endlessly because it's really the only thing going on right now. Broncos prepping for free agency in the draft. Uh, Obviously, the big need for the Broncos sits on the offensive line. The issue, and we've chatted about this too, Ryan, is there's just nothing there. There's nothing there in free agency. There's nothing there in the draft. Cam Robinson, uh, Ryan Ramchick, maybe your best options in the draft. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, who probably looks like he's going to stay where he's at, is probably your best option in free agency. So for a team that's friggin' desperate to fix their offensive line issues, they're kind of screwed. Honestly, this year, I would just kind of, I wouldn't go all in. And I know most fans probably want the Broncos to go all in on offensive line and defensive line, whether it be free agency in the first couple draft picks. But if you're looking at the offensive line free agents and the draft class, and you're not seeing something that you say, all right, this will be a dramatic improvement. We need to go get this guy. 
I would say just kind of, you know, just stay the course, uh, do what you can on the offensive line, but really then go look for playmakers. Maybe, you know, find some depth at a position that you see could be an issue in a few years. Uh, go find a slot receiver, you know, go, go Christian McCaffrey, get every fan, you know, that Jersey that they're desperately wanting. God, um, I hope that doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's, if we Christian shot, McCaffrey we goes shot, somewhere else, it's going to be him. We chose him to be the first guy we profiled for a reason, right? But, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't want that. Well, and my issue yeah. with McCaffrey is that the Broncos have just missed on wide receivers and running backs, whatever he's going right. to play, you know, yeah. so yeah. frequently at the top of the draft. And I think that that's sort of where we bring back to this. They're, you know, advanced scouting, they're long-term scouting. They need to be taking probably linemen in the sixth and seventh round in yeah. free agency and hope they find a Trevathan yeah. or a Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. I would do what they've been doing, best player available this year. Uh, if Again, if it was a deep draft class with offensive linemen, I'd say absolutely you have the you have the picks to trade, get up there and try and get one. But I, think, I, I just don't see it this year. I think they're probably going to go defensive interior in the first round would uh-huh. be my best guess, either as an inside linebacker or a nose tackler or a defensive tackle. Uh, because they need help there. They need help, uh, in those areas. And there just isn't, I mean, unless you want to reach on a guy, but I think you're probably right, Derek. I mean, and we talked about this last week. The way that John Elway manages his roster is really by, uh, building, fixing problems in free agency and building developmental talent in the draft, which means a lot of the times guys that he's particularly high on don't necessarily ever see the light of day. Uh, Cody Latimer. I mean, Cody Latimer has been in the league. When was he drafted? 14. So this is his third season in the league. He's got a fourth. He's got one more year on his contract. Uh, doesn't have a fifth year option. So he's potentially got two more years. Is that right? To two more years on that contract, it should be. Um, and we haven't really ever seen him. We've never really seen the kid play. But the Broncos seem like they think he can play. Uh, you're, so you're probably right. It, it's best for them to build up their developmental talent through through the draft and then try and uh, try and fix their issues in free agency. The issue is. Just nothing there to fix. Well, and the other thing is, we don't know. Elway loves to take the guy that's been in disciplinary trouble right near the draft. Yeah, and we yeah, don't yeah. know who that's going to be yet. So that, yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. can throw a curveball when a guy. Come on, who, Cam Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Who's Cam supposed go to go eight, and then he gets him, you know, higher up in the draft. So. Yeah, can you imagine that team with Laramie Tunsil would have just man, he could have been a good option for them. Uh, Lyle Collins too. Lyle Collins, yeah, they had six chances to take Lyle Collins. And they <laughs> well, didn't take yeah, so did every team. So did every other team. Uh, yeah, so look, the Broncos have a couple of options here that they're working their way through in the draft. I think they're most likely going to go defense first, and then you're right, they'll build up through, uh, they'll build up the rest of the way. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about? You got anything? Nuggets? Nuggets? <laughs> Nuggets? Uh, no, the, so Broncos focused on that. I think around the NFL, it's just kind of a quiet time right now, and, and I'm okay with that. I don't mind the quiet time in the NFL mm-hmm. because you know that here in a couple of days we're going to be diving into free agency, diving into the draft, seeing where things wind up. All right, I have a question. Yes. Uh, I doubt the Broncos use a franchise, franchise tag, but if you had to use a franchise tag, <laughs> oh one God. player, you're forced to do it. Can I roll who's over the one, my franchise who's, tag? Who's the to... one player the Broncos would, if it was mandatory, who would the one player they'd franchise? Can I roll over my franchise tag to like next season or... I mean, yeah, if you want to cop out. Well, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> uh, Derek, you can answer Ryan's ridiculous question. So, like, Kayvon Webster, Sly Williams, uh, who else? Justin Michael is profiling them all right now. So, I mean, I would probably do Sly if they really can't re-sign him. They're, they're, not, they're probably not going to re-sign him. Yeah. Probably gonna I test... mean, if you had to do it, yeah, that's you... who I would pick. But It's a, it's a slim list. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it's a quiet time in the NFL right now. Derek, I really did like, though, not just the, the piece you did on Joseph, but your your general take on it. And I thought, for those who haven't read that piece, they should go back and read it at 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's still there. You can just search Kessinger or uh, just check the Broncos page. I think it's like 10th right now on the on the Broncos page. Um, so just check it out over there. You're, the way you handled that, I think, was especially good and fair and, and reasonable. Because I know that... There's a lot of things that we all want to say, right? And a lot of opinions that we all have, but we're smart. And, you know, some of us went to school for this. And so we, we kind of know what, what we're doing. What, what are not you fake news. Not fake news. Hashtag not fake news. news. This week's piece is going to be fake news. Is it? What are you doing this no, week? What are you doing this week? I've got a few ideas. We'll see. We'll okay. see what it is. Uh, so. Friday, you thinking? Thursday or Friday. Thursday yeah, or Friday. So. We'll probably run it Friday. I think that'll be your yeah. regular thing. We'll do a regular yeah. Friday. Call. Okay, so I do have... This is kind of an out there topic. What do you got? I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell on Bill Simmons' podcast. I haven't listened to that yet. It's very good. I'd highly recommend it. Bill Simmons has had like a resurgence. He did that. The Kevin Durant and the Steve Kerr were all probably... I- the three best long form podcasts of the year. I liked I like Bill a yeah. lot. He's he's good. So, but they were talking about uh, Dolan. The and this is going to come back to the Broncos. Bear with me for a second. Oh, yeah. All right. So you're good. You're good. He inherited the team from his father, and there are a number of cases around the league. You know the whole Raiders situation. Is it a bad idea for the Broncos to give the franchise to one of the Bolins? Like we've just been assuming this was going to happen, but. Is that what's best for the Broncos? And not passing any judgment on yeah. any of them or the way that they grew up, but have we just ignored that this could be a problem that just giving the franchise to one of their kids could lead to a situation where, you know, they move to Vegas in 10 years? Well, it depends on the kid, right? Right. I mean, look, I know that the NFL has been very fluctuate. with their their opinion has changed dramatically over time, right? Initially, when we first heard about the trust, the NFL said, yeah, we're only going to let this happen for a little while. You're going to need to name a kid here pretty quick. And we're now three years, three and a half years into this, and no real progress from what we can tell on any of that. Now, I imagine, you know, when the inevitable happens, unfortunately, and Mr. Boland passes away, then the NFL will probably want some movement. But right now, everything kind of is in a holding pattern. But, I mean, I think fans... Fans have a really hard time detaching themselves from things that they become attached to. And the Bolin name with the Broncos has become one of those things. I think if you have a guy like Joe Ellis running the business side, if you have a guy like John Elway running the football side, they're going to be fine no matter who's at the ultimate top. The question is if somebody comes in and changes those things, then that's going to be a problem. I don't imagine that somebody would, that one of the Bowling kids would, whether it's the eldest daughter, who's probably the leading candidate, or um, any of the other kids, Johnny. Johnny's probably out of the picture, but for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think fans have a tough time detaching themselves from that, and for good reason, and, and Dolan's a great example of it. Yeah, and I mean, the whole Lakers situation, Genie yeah, Bus, yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. I think it's just... It hasn't it, gone well in the past, it, is a good point. There are very few examples of it going well, and I think it's just something we've never really brought up before. And I'm, I mean, I don't know any of the Bolins personally, and I don't know. I don't know. either. Yeah, I, I, I've met them, I've seen them, but I don't, I don't know them. And they could all be great. I just think it's something that maybe at some point there needs to be a discussion of, is it better to go outside? But then how do we avoid a Monfort situation or right. a Cronky empire? I think that the ownership situation is just so hazy and in some ways you wish john la would have just bought part of the team when he had the chance yeah. Yeah. i'll tell you he still wants to buy it he there is a large a chance, part of yeah. john la the issue is he just doesn't have the money um but so 
the Bolin kids could own the team. It just depends on their level of involvement. Uh, it, you know, Pat Bolin really let people do their job. And when he needed to step in, he did. He set the tone. He said, look, we're here to win. He found the winners and then he let them do their thing. So if a Bolin inherits that and says, look, I still want to win. I still want this franchise to be successful, but you know, I'm going to give you your chance to do your thing. Then I think we're all right. If you're set up right now with John Elway still running things, I think fans are going to be at least comfortable with the way the franchise is headed. Yeah. Um, it's when ownership starts, you know, button heads with the people that want, you know, have different views of things. If you have one yeah. singular view of where this team wants to go, it shouldn't be an issue. Pat Bowen was the ultimate sign the, che- I'll sign the check. You do the job. Kind yeah. Of guy. Like there, I think there's a story. I think there are a few stories like this where, uh, a player gets cut by the Broncos and, or, or gets traded or something like that. And he goes up to, to Mr. Bolin's office to say goodbye to Mr. Bolin. And he goes up there and he says, Hey, Mr. B, I just wanted to come by, say thank you for everything. And I really appreciate all you've done for me. And Mr. Bolin would look at him and say, why? What, what's going on? What, what happened? Yeah. What's, he didn't, he, he wasn't involved in the day to day operation, right. which is the way that an owner should be. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of a successful owner. Who has been meddlesome? Like right. I can't think of one. Jerry Jones, maybe, but that's that's a that's a tricky example but, too. I mean, even yeah, even in the most successful Jerry Jones years, he still kind of let the team do what they needed to do. I yeah, mean, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Johnson yeah. was there to check to check some of that, right. and that's ultimately why Jimmy got run out of town. Uh-huh. Uh But yeah, no, that's a that's an excellent point, Derek, and I think it's something that we're going to find out. I don't expect any movement on it. I mean, we've kind of just forgotten that that's even a thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely a long-term issue. It's when Elway decides he doesn't want to do this anymore, or there's a falling out that it really becomes an issue in the football side of things. If they lose, if they lose again. Yeah. 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 So. Which by their own standard is nine and seven. Nine and seven is a bad season in the history of the Denver Broncos. I mean, we're talking about an organization that is consistently not like a 13, 14 win kind of organization, but like a 10 to 12 win franchise every single season. Um, for most of their history, at least that's the standard that they've set. Uh, yeah. Anything and when else? the hell are they going to name Sports Authority Field something else? I asked Joe Ellis that not too long ago. Well, they're working on something. They want to get it done this offseason. Okay. I don't. As I long as don't we're know. going back to kind of stories we forgot about. Yeah. I mean, it's just a dead time. I wanted to get Derek in, chat with him a little bit about the issue we talked about in the first little bit. Uh, go check out that story. Certainly. Uh, where where can they find you, Derek? For, for um, yeah. At Derek Kessinger on Twitter, which is D-E-R-E-K-K-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. Just like it's spelled. Yes. It's pretty yes, easy. Yes, it's Kessinger. So Kessing, you can remember Kessinger. that with two S's. So. Anybody ever call you Kessing, Kessinger? Or Ke- yeah, or I got Kessinger and Kissinger. A lot of Kissinger? O- older people think I'm related <laughs> to Henry Kissinger, which is just, very confusing. You should just take it and run with it, man. And when I was at KOA, Dave Krieger and Mike Kliss both asked me if I was related to Don Kessinger, who was a shortstop for the Cubs in the <laughs> 70s. Yes, so, you were. Yeah, Uncle Don. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, weird, weird trivia fact. I'm actually related to Don Kessinger. Are you? Yeah, totally, hundred oh, percent. There we go. No, no. So. get out of here. That's uh, why I got the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it. Ryan, you got anything? That's it. We, we wanted to be short, simple. But, but thank point. you for checking with me. That yeah, was very nice of you, Derek. You got anything else? I'm good. All right, cool. So be sure to check out Derek's stories over at 5280 Sports Network.com. Check out the other episode of the Broncos Blitz podcast, please. Freaking subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, give us a rating, too. Ryan, do that. Okay. Go in, give us a rating. 
I don't know. That's conflict of interest. How many right there. how, how, how many stars uh, would you give? Would you give this show? Would right? I give this show solid three and a half at, at the least? Solid three and a half. Solid three and a half. We'll take solid three and a half. So check us out on iTunes. Give us a rating. We don't care there. the rating. We just want the download. Yeah. Well, well the rating's <laughs> nice because then it boot it. Oh, all right. Uh, then five boosts stars. you up in the iTunes store. Um, so give us a rating. Check us out there. Uh, also, be sure to take a look at the Noble uh, Just Buffs podcast with Matt Smith, all of Nate Lundy and Sean Drotar's Morning Minutes, which come out just about every morning, about 10 o'clock. They're published to the website. And they're not only a minute. They're usually not That's, only a yeah. minute. They're like three they're to like, six, yeah. usually. And, Sometimes uh, a little longer. Adrian Dater had a good podcast with Eklund, who is the yeah, king yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. the hockey rumors. Oh, so good. Go check that out. Yeah, the, the Avalanche, Avalanche. Uh, the Avalanche Talk Pod with with Adrian, and of course, uh, Snakes Takes Podcast with the great Jake Plummer. We got to get Jake at least on the phone. Oh hell yeah! Probably next week we'll try and do that. I'd I'd smoke up with him in here. You think Sportique uh, Ryan, would let us? <laughs> Ryan, now I have to cut something out of the show. <laughs> Ryan, why I did mean, you say that? It's CBD oil. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's from not, Charlotte's Web Hemp. Yeah, which, that's his. Which I don't think is yeah. a sponsor of ours. He actually, uh, Jake Plummer has like he invented some like football app that I was reading about the other yeah, day. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should bring him in to talk about. Yeah, a let's. Thing. Um, I'll text him and, and see if we can't get him on the show next week. Cool, uh, Derek. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate uh, it. Thanks for Pretty short, me. easy, little 30-minute yeah, podcast, right? Uh, so, yeah, be sure to subscribe there on iTunes. Check Derek out on Twitter, at Derek Kessinger. I'm really looking forward to uh, your piece coming out this Friday. Give us a preview. Any any thoughts on what you're thinking? Um, it's either going to be about the Rockies or the Broncos, so I would lean either toward, one. I would lean toward the Rockies, probably. We'll see. It may be a later Rockies. A later so, Rockies? Yeah. Okay. The Rockies will be talked about. Is though. it about we'll, their new purple? Yeah, it's all about the new purple. The new shade of purple. I will say, I didn't. I, when they came out with that other purple, I was like, "This isn't purple at all." So I'm glad. I'm glad more that we violet. can say they're more it, it purple. It looks. Like, I thought it looked fine when I saw it, and but I, I've seen the spring training uniforms. They look yeah. terrible. You think it looked like too bright? It's too bright. I like the deeper, the deeper purple. What I want to know is Dinger going to match the new purple because he doesn't match the new purple at all. So are they going to redo? Are they going to redo Dinger? Yeah, they have. have before. You ever... Has Dinger ever matched the team? He's a dinosaur. <laughs> He's <laughs> usually been pretty bad. You remember <laughs> when he used to have the rainbow sprinkles? Yes, like the rainbow sprinkles on the triceratops. Oh my gosh, I miss that Dinger. He's have been... you ever walked? I used to walk. I used to live kind of near like 38th and Fox, and there's apartments back there. Um, across the, from the gas station with the Starbucks and like where rhubarb is kind yeah. of over there. Um, did, and I used to walk and I would, when I was going to college, so I used to walk from Auraria to that area just cause it's like a t- half hour walk maybe. So I'd walk down there and you go past Coors Field on the way. And so you look up in the window and there's this one window. Have you ever seen this in Coors Field where they keep Dinger? Where they keep the costume and it's just in the window. Yeah. And you can just see him and he's just lifeless. Just standing there. I think that's the old Dinger costume it's, that they have. Is it? They have a couple. They have that one, and then there's another one on club level that they is just it? hide. Oh, so. yeah. That's that's a that's a trick. Hey, spring training going on right now. We should have a lot more Rockets content coming out down the road, though. I think we're going to have an announcement on that probably on probably on Friday would be my guess on when we'll, we'll announce that. Cool. That's uh, right. Ryan it's Green. It's not me, right? Right, yeah. Ryan, okay. Green, Ryan Green is going to be joining... <laughs> The Col- not just writing on the Colorado Rockies, he's going to be a Colorado Rockies. First baseman. Wow. Yeah, they need one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about the whole Ian Desmond thing. I, I'm good at, yeah, I could do that. Just, I'm just, not very flexible. Yeah, Sorry. But, 
Arenado will hit you. Yeah, there you go. He'll get you, <laughs> exactly. he'll get you right in the numbers. Uh, all right, so we should probably get out of here. Uh, for everybody at 5280 Sports Network, check out all the content at 5280 Sports Network and 5280sportsnetwork.com. Also, if you haven't done it already, download the 5280 Sports Network app where you can get all of our great content, at least the audio stuff, the podcasts, uh, links to the website, links to the YouTube channel, all that sort of stuff in the iTunes, Google Play stores. But for now, well, uh, next week, we'll probably try and get Jake for, for next week. That's a good uh, that's a good idea. That'd be awesome. But for wow. now. Could you imagine just having <laughs> Terrell Davis and Jake Plummer and your sandwich right in the middle? I know, I know. right? That would be... That's going on my resume, that, it's corporate. Think... It's corporate synergy, man. <laughs> filler. Uh, <laughs> filler for... Uh, but you were, you were better than TD was. TD had, TD had talked to too many people by the time he got to us. Uh, but for now... <laughs> And for everybody at 5280sportsnetwork.com, he's Ryan Green. He's Jake Morrison. This is 5280SN. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.